Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. The truth is the most convincing story that maps onto reality, and that's why the central narrative is falling apart. Right now in the United States, people should not be walking around with masks. must see the central narrative for the fiction that it is. While elections are sometimes messy, this was a secure election. The founders began the fight for human liberty and self-governance, and it's up to us to finish the job. I tell you what, we are in a truth emergency right now. This is the end game. It's Tuesday, August 9th, 2022, the 566th day of dystopia. I'm your moderator, Chris Paul. Let's be reasonable. A warm welcome and hello to all of you listening to the podcast on the day of its release. If you're doing that, and it's not because I gave you a free episode, it's because you're a paid subscriber on the Substack. I'm your moderator.substack.com. If you do that, you'll get all the podcasts when they're released. You'll get the writing when it's released, and you will be supporting this show and the work I do and helping me to focus on this and continue to expand what it is I do. So thank you all very much for your support. And if you're not supporting yet, please consider doing so. Okay. Big day. On the podcast yesterday, I was discussing the story that broke in the morning CNN and all of the legacy media outlets wanted to spread this story far and wide. I'm talking about the documents that were found in the toilet. Trump was mishandling classified information by writing tiny notes and then throwing them in the toilet so no one could ever see. 
very nefarious stuff. Not quite as nefarious as using an illegal server to conduct the people's business in the federal government. It's not as nefarious as destroying phones and all of the records. It's not as nefarious as any of that. It's not as nefarious as falsifying FISA applications to get warrants to spy on political opponents. It's nothing like that, but it is very nefarious writing a handwritten note and then somehow later it ends up in the toilet. Did Trump write the note? No one knows. Did Trump throw the note in the toilet? No one knows. Has any of the legacy media claimed either of those things? Well, yeah, they say Trump wrote the note. But what does the note say? Why didn't they pull it out of the clean toilet water? It wasn't dirty toilet water. I mean, it's toilet water, so it's kind of gross. But if it was a $100 bill that you dropped in the clean toilet water, would you take it out? Would you set it down somewhere dry and wash your hands? Maybe spray it off later with a little Windex or Febreze? You might do that and you might put it right back into the wallet and you might go use that $100 bill because it has value and it probably has more value than your precious fingers momentarily touching toilet water. Or you could even use gloves. Whoever took that picture to break this story probably wore gloves at some point when they thought they could get COVID from a drinking glass. And we're told that the documents Trump was mishandling have to do with national security. You're just going to leave important national security documents in the toilet so that they can be flushed and then Trump's crime will be complete? How could you? How dare you? But the toilet document story wasn't a new story. That story started about six months ago when Maggie Haberman began discussing this. They were blurbing her book. She has a book coming out. And in that book that she is very cleverly titled Confidence Man, you get it? Donald Trump has a lot of confidence and also Confidence Man can be shortened to Con Man. Everyone get it? It's very funny, very clever. And it'll be released on October 4th so that it'll be right in every bookstore, in every airport, and everyone will look at it and they'll say, oh, yeah, Donald Trump's a criminal. I'm going to vote for Democrats. It's going to work beautifully. But back to February, this story came out and they made a big deal about it. Donald Trump was mishandling classified documents. How could he? The National Archives said some of these boxes were gone and there might be files missing. These could be mishandled. Well, Donald Trump already declassified all those documents. That's been made clear many times. Cash Patel has been through it countless times on all sorts of different shows. So that part of it's already gone. Are these important national security documents? Well, I guess we'll find out. Maybe they weren't the ones in the toilet, but staffers, unnamed staffers said Donald Trump does that sort of thing sometimes. And maybe these pictures don't show important national security documents in the toilet. But how do you know he's never put important national security documents in the toilet? You just don't know. And if you just don't know, you have to trust what the television says. 
So we just all assume that these toilet documents about national security really are a real thing. Maggie Haberman is really on to another very real story. She has never messed up. Sure, she works for the New York Times and gets paid to lie about Donald Trump, but she's very, very good at it. No mistakes ever. So we have to assume that she's telling the truth and that she can certainly back it up. So back in February, no one really bought into the toilet document story unless you're the sort of child brain who still watches CNN and MSNBC and thinks that Fox probably has the right take on what CNN and MSNBC has. If you're that kind of person, you probably thought, oh, maybe they got Donald Trump this time. But there wasn't all that much to the story. So instead, the media focused on why didn't Maggie Haberman alert the nation to this grave national security threat rather than wait and put it in a book? And that's a very good question that Maggie Haberman never will answer. And the story ran for a couple of days. It spun itself into the ground like every mainstream story does, and people moved on. Now, six months later, that story comes right back. We get a whole morning of toilet documents from CNN and MSNBC. And Maggie Haberman says it's gross and important. It's gross and important. Don't you see? Dark Brandon is willing to stare into the abyss. He's willing to do whatever it takes. He's going to embrace the battle from now on. All he needed was to pass that $740 billion giveaway that sends $80 billion to the IRS, who, by the way, is now just today able to release Donald Trump's tax returns. Isn't that amazing how that works? It's incredible. You give them $80 billion and all of a sudden, two days later, you get to look at Donald Trump's taxes. But Joe Biden, he's going to save the planet from the sun by subsidizing electric vehicles. And they're going to stock up with 87,000 new agents at the IRS. But don't worry, despite their guns, and despite the fact that the IRS has traditionally targeted political opponents, they're not coming for you. They're going to go after rich people because that's where the money is. They don't argue that the agents can't go after you, just that you're not the priority. We're going to do the rich people. We're going to we're going to really scale things back for the rich people again, like we always do. Remember, we tell you that every two years. Oh, we're going to go after the rich people. This is going to be the year where we finally go after the rich people. And what happens? Ah, the rich people all get richer. But don't worry. Trust them. They're not coming after you. But that wasn't the only Trump is very dangerous story from yesterday. They had to do something to counter the dark Brandon disaster that they unleashed upon themselves when they began sending out tweets that had Nazi imagery in them, trying to advertise the new hardcore badass version of Joe Biden, who still blows his nose in speeches at the White House like he did today, and then shakes Chuck Schumer's hand. Five seconds later, he tries to shake Chuck Schumer's hand again. He forgot that he just shook Chuck Schumer's hand, he just stood there with his hand out like always. So they needed to distract from the Dark Brandon disaster. And what better story could they possibly pull off than actually Trump is a Nazi again? This is just a little write up in the USA Today. Just going to read the first part to give you the background. 
The headline is Trump wanted U.S. military leaders to be loyal, just like Nazi generals. New book says an excerpt from the new book, The Divider, Trump in the White House 2017 through 2021, authored by the New Yorkers, Susan B. Glasser and the New York Times's Peter Baker, says former President Donald Trump wanted his national security team to be loyal to him the way he thought German soldiers were loyal to Adolf Hitler. Why can't you be like the German generals? Trump asked his chief of staff, John Kelly who asked Trump to which generals he was referring. The German generals in World War II, Trump responded. Then Kelly said, you do know that they tried to kill him three times and almost pulled it off. No, no, no. They were loyal to him, Trump responded. The excerpt published Monday in The New Yorker goes on to detail the frustrations of Trump's top military leaders. And it goes on and on. But we have The New Yorker, writers from The New Yorker and The New York Times, publishing hearsay from John Kelly, who himself is totally untrustworthy. Mainstream outlets, legacy outlets have run stories like this over and over and over and over and over. Always. Someone said Trump did this or someone close to the situation said that this person did that. There's never any proof, never any background. Maggie Haberman's claim the proof of that toilet letter that we finally saw yesterday, six months later. But we needed two big stories to rile up all the child brains and turn their Trump hatred up to 12. They're usually sitting at about a 9.5 to 10. But every now and then you can squeeze a little extra insanity out of them. And so you turn it up to 12. They hold their ears and cry re and then they go absolutely crazy on social media. And those are the conditions you would want if you're about to let's say, weaponize the Department of Justice against your political opponent in one of the most overt acts of corruption we have ever seen from a branch of the American government. So that's how we progressed through yesterday. And then around, I don't know, six or seven Eastern, the reports started coming out. Mar-a-Lago has been raided by the FBI. And what were they looking for? Oh, the 15 boxes of mishandled classified information coming from the National Archives that Maggie Haberman has already talked about and that the toilet letter is directly linked to, at least in the narrative. But as the reports came out, it became clear that the raid began in the morning. Even CNN reported that. So why didn't we hear about it till the evening? Why was it seven hours or eight hours later? Why didn't CNN have that story going all day? It would have been perfect to put it right behind the toilet letter story. But I guess they had other editorial decisions, other editorial priorities. Or maybe they just wanted to keep their hands off. It seemed very removed. They didn't know it was going on. White House officials in the evening yesterday declared that they didn't know what was going on either. The FBI just did it. Now, there's a lot of doubt about that. It's entirely possible that Joe Biden was involved in this decision. It had to go up at least to the Attorney General Merrick Garland. So some of that remains to be seen. But narratively, this stuff is all linked. They don't come out with that story yesterday in the morning if this raid's not happening in the evening. 
They wanted their audience to be in a mental space where they were very angry at Trump. They kept feeling like nothing would ever happen. We have this guy that wants Nazi generals mishandling national security classified documents. Put him in prison immediately. I'm going to tell everybody who's ever said a nice word about Donald Trump how much I hate them. I want them all to know that this is a hate movement and we don't care about the law. That's basically how the child brains responded yesterday, exactly like the television wanted them to. And we'll get back to some of that in a second. But here's a quick rundown from the Article 3 Project's Mike Davis this morning on War Room. So this is completely unprecedented what the Biden Justice Department is doing to President Trump. Uh, when President Trump left the White House with 15 boxes, that is routine. He didn't pack his own damn boxes. Someone packed his boxes for him. And when he left the White House, he is still the president of the United States until President Biden, President Biden was sworn in. So if he left the White House with 15 boxes, he has the inherent constitutional authority as the president of the United States, as the commander in chief to, de to declassify any record he wants. So when he left the White House with 15 boxes, they're not classified anymore. So this whole idea that President Trump violate, violated some statute on classi classified records is complete garbage. And what they're doing to President Trump is actually very, very dangerous. They're setting a very dangerous precedent where you could do a home raid of a former president of the United States. You can't do a home raid of anyone. You have to go to a judge. In order to do a home raid, you have to prove to a judge that a subpoena and working with the, the, the target of the subpoena would not cooperate or they're going to destroy evidence. There's zero evidence of this here. There's zero evidence. And they're doing this because there's a dispute with the National Archives, with bureaucrats of the National Archives, over whether these boxes should, these 15 boxes should be at NARA or in the presidential library down at uh, down in Mar-a-Lago or presidential, the former president's office down there. So are we to believe that the FBI had to move on this issue immediately? Because now they had seen in the New York Times that it was really possible that Trump could be destroying all of this, this evidence, these national security documents that Maggie Haberman has known about for at least a year and has never told anyone what the documents contain because her book is so important. We're supposed to believe all of that. The FBI just discovered that Trump had a toilet, which means that he has the ability he has the mechanism to destroy evidence, to destroy important national security documents. Oh, my God. Everybody's got toilets. They should be able to raid everyone who has a toilet just to make sure they're not destroying anything that might be important someday. So you also heard Mike Davis that the warrant would have to be signed off on on the basis we would think of some very serious evidence. But then again, we're dealing with a completely corrupted deep state and administrative state and certainly the Department of Justice. So who signed off on the warrant and how did that happen? Let's go to Miranda Devine from The New York Post. She broke this story this morning. The headline is judge who approved FBI raid on Mar-a-Lago once linked to Jeffrey Epstein. The Florida federal magistrate judge who signed off on a search warrant authorizing the FBI raid of former President Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago resort 
left the local U.S. attorney's office more than a decade ago to rep employees of convicted pedophile Jeffrey Epstein, who had received immunity in the long running sex trafficking investigation of the financier. Sources tell The Post that Judge Bruce Reinhart approved the warrant that enabled federal agents to converge on the palatial South Florida estate on Monday in what Trump called an unannounced raid on my home. Reinhardt was elevated to magistrate judge in March 2018 after 10 years in private practice. That November, the Miami Herald reported that he had represented several of Epstein's employees, including by Reinhardt's own admission to the outlet, Epstein's pilots, his scheduler, Sarah Kellen, and Nadia Marcinkova, who Epstein once reportedly described as his Yugoslavian sex slave. Kellen and Marcinkova were among Epstein's lieutenants who were granted immunity as part of a controversial 2007 deal with federal prosecutors that allowed the pervert to plead guilty to state charges rather than federal crimes. Epstein wound up serving just 13 months in county jail and was granted work release. According to the outlet, Reinhardt resigned from the South Florida U.S. Attorney's Office, effective on New Year's Day 2008, and went to work for Epstein's cohorts the following day. Epstein, who was found dead in August 2019 of an apparent suicide in the Manhattan Correctional Center while awaiting trial on federal sex trafficking charges, had hired a stable of high-powered lawyers, including former independent counsel Kenneth Starr. Reinhardt was later named in a civil lawsuit that accused him of violating Justice Department policies by switching sides in the middle of the Epstein investigation, suggesting he had used inside information about the probe to build favor with the notorious defendant, the Herald reported in 2018. In a 2011 affidavit, Reinhardt denied he had done anything improper and insisted that since he was not involved in the federal investigation of Epstein, he was not privy to inside information about the case. However, in a 2013 court filing, Reinhardt's former colleagues contradicted him, saying that he had learned confidential, non-public information about the Epstein matter. Reinhardt noted to the Herald in response that a complaint filed against him by a lawyer for Epstein's victims had been dismissed by the Justice Department. In his 12 years as a federal prosecutor, according to his official biography, Reinhardt managed a docket that covered the full spectrum of federal crimes, including narcotics, violent crimes, public corruption, financial frauds, child pornography, and immigration. Reinhardt is one of three federal magistrate judges in the West Palm Beach offices of the U.S. District Court for the Southern District Court of Florida along with William Matthewman and Ryan McCabe. Two recent warrant applications were assigned to Reinhardt and entered into the court system on Monday, the Miami Herald reported. But those warrants and information about who they targeted remained sealed. Records show another warrant was issued by Reinhardt on Friday, but its contents were also sealed. Trump confirmed media reports of a raid at his Florida resort on Monday evening, saying Mar-a-Lago was under siege, raided and occupied by a large group of FBI agents. The agents were reportedly searching the seaside property for boxes of classified documents Trump allegedly brought to the Ritzy Resort after he left the White House in January 2021, which would be a violation of federal record-keeping laws. But remember the word allegedly and then keep what Mike Davis just said in your mind while reading this. The New York Post here is just talking about the allegation and what it would mean if that allegation were true. 
That allegation is not true. The National Archives and Records Administration said in February that it found classified documents in 15 boxes at Mar-a-Lago and alerted the FBI. The removal of classified documents to unauthorized locations is banned under federal law, although Trump had wide powers when he was president to declassify documents. The raid on Mar-a-Lago comes amid the House Select Committee's continuing investigation into Trump's role in the January 6th, 2021 attack on the U.S. Capitol as Congress met to certify the 2020 presidential election results. A federal grand jury is also investigating the riot and Trump's efforts to overturn the 2020 election. And it's worth noting that Trump is not trying to overturn the 2020 election. He's trying to get the proper result of the 2020 election, which would show him winning. And again, you have to remember, he has the best information in the entire world while he's president. That's what he has access to. He knew the election was stolen. He knew they were going to try to steal it before they stole it. There has never been any point at which Donald Trump has believed that Joe Biden actually got 81 million real legal American votes. And by this point, absolutely no one should have any doubt about that, even though you don't have access to presidential level information. The evidence is out there. The evidence is overwhelming. And it would be nice if people could stop saying that Trump was trying to overturn an election. Trump was trying to get the proper result. That's what all of us have been doing ever since. I was on the Devolution Power Hour last night with Patel Patriot and Patrick Gunnels and the Kate Awakening and Richard the Saint. And Patrick, I believe, mentioned that this timing was pretty odd. The Monday night release of this because it was basically the perfect time in the news cycle to get the maximum value from this story. And of course, today there are primary elections going on in Wisconsin and Minnesota and Vermont and Connecticut. And if you were part of the Democrat Communist Party or a Republican Uniparty communist, you would probably want this Trump did something very dangerous and is finally going to pay story out there too rather than talking about elections. You remember last week, last Monday, they started drumming up the story about Nancy Pelosi heading over to Taiwan. No one has any idea what she was doing there. No one has any idea why she went. No one has certainly told the American public any of that. She said she's going over there to make a statement of support for Taiwan's democracy. She's just flying around the world, saving democracy everywhere. She flew to Ukraine, saved democracy there. Now she's got to take down Taiwan. I mean, support Taiwan. But they're dropping some pretty dramatic stories late on Monday, early on Tuesday. They want that news cycle to just cover the elections right up. And I'm sure that they will spin this as a reminder to voters of the danger that Trump represents, the danger that MAGA aligned candidates in primaries represent. And of course, the danger we all represent. And they can steal an election and say, oh, well, you see, everybody went to the polls thinking about how Trump had committed these grave crimes. He put national security documents in the toilet. And besides, he likes Nazi generals. That's what John Kelly said. And John Kelly was Trump's chief of staff. So therefore, he knows everything and is a very, very honest person. Because when you have a child brain, you believe that whoever is on your side is very good 
and very smart and very honest. And they'll happily swap people in and out of those roles, depending on whether or not that person is on their side. All the people who are still on Trump's side, those people are liars and domestic terrorists, and they are very dangerous. The people who were on Trump's side and used to be liars and domestic terrorists and very, very dangerous. Now they're heroes like Liz Cheney or Cassidy Hutchinson or, of course, John Kelly. So we will see how long they stick with this tactic and how much emphasis they put on this story. They may just want to drop it in there so all the child brains get their little injection of, oh, my God, we've got Trump this time and then let it move on for a little while until they actually try to arrest Trump and indict Trump. That'll be the next big story. They're not going to keep this story going because there's nothing to support it in the meantime, but it'll just rest in the heads of the child brains and they'll just save it in the back. They'll never question it, but it'll be ready for whenever an indictment or an arrest comes. They'll still think all of it was justified. Oh, yeah, they must have found the toilet documents that Trump was hiding at Mar-a-Lago. But we shall see about that. It's also worth noting that documents in the Hunter Biden investigation were supposed to be turned over yesterday, and you can pretty much guarantee that they weren't. But keep that in the back of your head, too. So let's get some of the reaction from some key players in the media and in politics and whatever. Start, of course, with the president of the United States, Donald Trump. These are dark times for our nation, as my beautiful home, Mar-a-Lago in Palm Beach, Florida, is currently under siege, raided and occupied by a large group of FBI agents. Nothing like this has ever happened to a president of the United States before. After working and cooperating with the relevant government agencies, this unannounced raid on my home was not necessary or appropriate. It is prosecutorial misconduct, the weaponization of the justice system, and an attack by radical left Democrats who desperately don't want me to run for president in 2024, especially based on recent polls, and who will likewise do anything to stop Republicans and conservatives in the upcoming midterm elections. Such an assault could only take place in broken third world countries. Sadly, America has now become one of those countries, corrupt at a level not seen before. They even broke into my safe. What is the difference between this and Watergate, where operatives broke into the Democrat National Committee? Here in reverse, Democrats broke into the home of the 45th president of the United States. The political persecution of President Donald J. Trump has been going on for years with the now fully debunked Russia, Russia, Russia scam, impeachment hoax number one, impeachment hoax number two, and so much more. It just never ends. It is political targeting at the highest level. Hillary Clinton was allowed to delete and acid wash 33,000 emails after they were subpoenaed by Congress. Absolutely nothing has happened to hold her accountable. She even took antique furniture and other items from the White House. I stood up to America's bureaucratic corruption. I restored power to the people and truly delivered for our country like we have never seen before. The establishment hated it. Now, as they watch my endorsed candidates win big victories and see my dominance in all polls, they are trying to stop me and the Republican Party once more. The lawlessness, political persecution and witch hunt must be exposed and stopped. I will continue to fight for the great American people. 
And of course, he's right. This is the weaponization of America's justice system. We have Merrick Garland's DOJ who have been labeling Americans as domestic terrorists. They've been participating in the cover up of the Hunter Biden laptop, and they've been evading legitimate congressional oversight the entire time. And those are just a few of the examples of how corrupt this Department of Justice actually is. They went and got a warrant, apparently from the judge who used to defend Jeffrey Epstein clients and is also apparently a contributor to various rhinos like Ben Sass. And reactions began to come quickly from various people associated with MAGA. The rhino reaction has been almost non-existent. Lindsey Graham basically said, well, let's see what happens. It's very bad that they're doing this right before the midterms. And that's about what you'd expect from someone who plays both sides as much as Lindsey Graham does. Christy Nome, the governor of South Dakota, said the FBI raid on President Trump's home is an unprecedented political weaponization of the Justice Department. They've been after President Trump as a candidate, as president, and now as a former president. Using the criminal justice system in this manner is un-American. Ron DeSantis said the raid of Mar-a-Lago is another escalation in the weaponization of federal agencies against the regime's political opponents, while people like Hunter Biden get treated with kid gloves. Now the regime is getting another 87,000 IRS agents to wield against its adversaries, Banana Republic. And Trump picked up on that aspect in his statement as well. I've said this many, many times. I've probably been saying it for about two years. If we were watching all of this happen in another country around the world, a country in Central America or South America, a country in Africa or Southeast Asia, we would immediately, immediately say, oh, yeah, I recognize this for exactly what it is. This is a banana republic. This is a third world dictatorship run by authoritarians and totalitarians. This is absolute tyranny. They're weaponizing the justice system against political opponents. And it's brazen. It's obvious. It's right out there. They don't have any hesitation to do it because as I was talking about yesterday, they don't care about your vote. They don't care if you're upset about any of this at all. They don't care about your vote. They don't care about your vote because the elections aren't legitimate. They don't count your vote. They don't care if 90% of the country is mad at them. All they care about is whether or not they're able to make it seem through their control of all the cultural channels and through the fact that people who speak out can be censored and shamed and fired and abused and cut off from their banking and anything else. All they care about is convincing enough of the country that their story might be true. They want that false reality to be true enough in the public understanding so that the child brains will harass all the other normies, the people who are just happy to go along to get along, people with no principles, people who have not really been affected negatively by any of what's happened in the last two years and truthfully much longer, people who are still so comfortable that they have not had the thought, hey, you know, maybe all those things I was thinking in 2020 Maybe those were wrong. 
Maybe I got some of that stuff wrong. These people still have not had that thought. And we are now in August of 2022. It's been 21 months since they saw that election. And these people have not even considered it could be any other way. There was a poll that the Gateway Pundit wrote up yesterday from Rasmussen that showed 17% of people were not at all concerned that cheating might affect the outcome in the midterms. Only 17% of people. What kind of mindset must you have to be in that 17%? You have some understanding that cheating is possible. There's no way you can just avoid that understanding completely, especially when all of the people making that argument made the opposite argument for four years while Trump was in office. He was only elected because of Russian collusion. Well, that was a hoax. He was only elected because of Russian interference. They hacked the machines. Okay, well, do you have proof of that? And they don't, but they won't even make that argument anymore because that argument would also put one in Trump's column. So all the people that said that Trump was illegitimate, people like Hillary Clinton and Stacey Abrams, by the way, and all of their followers, of course, they have all adopted the idea that there's no way an election could ever be stolen. So they have to say they're not worried about the 2022 midterm election being stolen. If they said anything other than that, they would be announcing themselves automatically as liars and they refuse to actually do that. So they'll always say the thing that makes them seem right and like they were right the whole time and like they're completely honest. So 17% of Americans said that they were not concerned that cheating might affect the outcome of the midterm elections. And again, many of them are lying. And they're just refusing to say that they are concerned because then that implies too many other things like that Trump could have been cheated out of his election. So using that poll as some reference point, you have to think the number of people who think cheating is impossible at this point is far lower than that 17%. All of those people are at least a little bit concerned that something is off in our elections. Whatever portion of that 17% still really believes that Joe Biden got 81 million real legal American votes, well, they're going to go to the mats on all this stuff. They are going to repeat the slogans till the end. They can't very well jump off right now and admit they're wrong. But they do need new stories all the time to keep them in that mindset and to keep them spreading that mindset to other people, to keep them shaming their neighbors, their friends, their family. No one is allowed to tell the truth around them or else they'll get punished. Those are the people that these stories are for. People who will believe them hook, line and sinker. They'll do all of the quote unquote research, which means that they'll read the same article over and over again in different versions until they get all the little points that they can remember and repeat to everyone else. And they'll think that they have done extensive research on this, surely more than anyone else could possibly do. And they'll know that not only are they right, but they're morally right because they care about our democracy. And Trump and his supporters are a threat to our democracy. Those are the people they care about convincing all the time because those people help them spread the idea that a big portion of this country is still on their side. We're still a 50-50 nation. That's what we've always been told. That's why the national popular vote is so important to them. 
because these people do not speak truth to power. They speak power to truth and power for them comes from the culture and it comes from the other people around who will not speak up. They get to say whatever they want and they believe they'll never face any blowback because they really believe that everyone else agrees with them. They think that they represent some huge majority. They have no idea how few people are actually on their side right now because they are totally bought into the culture. They're totally bought into the cultural narratives. And when they go out in public and they're around people, they enforce their position. So other people are less likely to stand up and say what they actually believe. And in their silence, these sorts of people always assume, okay, all of these people agree with me. It's got nothing to do with the fact that they'll be punished for saying the no-no words. These are the votes they need because psychologically within the narrative, within the false reality, these votes actually do count for a lot more because these people are very loud. So publicly, they represent what feels like and seems like a much larger Democrat communist constituency than actually exists. The rhinos try to pull the same game. They're actually trying to say that Liz Cheney has some sort of chance to run for president in 2024. She's getting blown out in her home state. And in one week, that's going to become very real for her. She will have lost her primary and her political career will be over. But again, this is how the public's perception of itself is skewed through these fake polls and through fraudulent elections. A fraudulent election means that the votes don't represent what the people wanted them to. They don't represent the way the people really feel. So you can go out there and tell everybody Joe Biden got the most votes of all time. He beat Donald Trump by six million votes. We have a pretty substantial majority in this country. Now, if that election was actually fair and legal and they properly counted the votes and they only included living American citizens who actually meant to cast that vote for themselves, if none of that was stolen, then they might have some point. But it is stolen. They weren't in the majority on November 3rd, 2020, and their numbers have steadily shrunk since then. Sure, people saw January 6th and they freaked out a little bit. They didn't want that to be blamed on them because then they would be a no-no person and they might lose their job. It might be harder to make an income. They might get kicked out of the party of false decorum. And so they silenced themselves and shut up and crawled into their little shells where they were able to protect themselves while leaving the country to fall apart. But most of those people have woken up since then. Many of them still aren't talking. It would be nice if they were. But they're certainly not on that side of things. They're not representing this illegitimate regime while it destroys the country just across the board. Devastation. We had a massive majority in 2020, and that majority has been building ever since. They don't care about your vote because they can't get your vote because they know they can't get your vote. They have two choices. Let go of power, be held accountable for what you have done, or do anything necessary to hold on to power. They just raided the president's home to try to stop him 
from running in 2024. And they're not even being bashful about it. This was pointed out by Technofog and a bunch of other people. But the part of the U.S. code that this all relates to is 18 U.S. Code Section 2071, Concealment, Removal, or Mutilation Generally. And it says, whoever willfully and unlawfully conceals, removes, mutilates, obliterates, or destroys, or attempts to do so, or with intent to do so, takes and carries away any record, proceeding, map, book, paper, document, or other thing filed or deposited with any clerk or officer of any court of the United States or in any public office or with any judicial or public officer of the United States shall be fined under this title or imprisoned not more than three years or both. And this is section B. Whoever having the custody of any such record, proceeding, map, book, document, paper, or other thing, willfully and unlawfully conceals, removes, mutilates, obliterates, falsifies, or destroys the same, shall be fined under this title or imprisoned not more than three years or both, and shall forfeit his office and be disqualified from holding any office under the United States. And so Democrat lawfare lawyer, Mark Elias, the man who was the Clinton campaign lawyer, all wrapped up in the Russiagate conspiracy, Fusion GPS, the fake steel dossier, all of that stuff that tried to undermine and infiltrate Donald Trump's campaign in 2016, that Mark Elias, the Mark Elias, who is basically the legal backstop for the fraudulent election system all around the country, that Mark Elias tweeted that little section of U.S. code and wrote, the media is missing the really, really big reason why the raid today is a potential blockbuster in American politics. And he gave that screenshot. He is saying quite clearly that what makes this raid a win is that this could potentially lead to Trump not being able to run for 2024. The Clinton campaign lawyer who wages lawfare to make sure that stolen elections remain in place is bragging about the fact that if they can figure out some sort of way to convict Donald Trump, then he can't run again. Why don't they want him to run again? Isn't there some massive Democrat majority? Don't they have all the issues on their side? Aren't they doing amazing things for the American economy while unifying the country and solving racism? Aren't they telling us that if we are not saying we are so much better off than we were two years ago, we're all crazy? Didn't they solve COVID? Didn't they mandate vaccines so that they could solve COVID? They've done everything that the American people have wanted them to do. That's what the TV keeps telling us. That's what Karine Jean-Pierre and Jen Psaki keep telling us. Why do they care if Trump runs? Wouldn't they just destroy the entire MAGA movement once and for all? Trump would be a two-time loser. He can't handle it. That's what we're told over and over again. They say they're not scared of Trump running. If they're not scared of Trump running, why are they happy about the fact that he might not be able to run based on what even Democrats are calling an abuse of the justice system? And obviously not all Democrats, but some of them here and there. Andrew Yang, who ran for president briefly as a Democrat in 2019, 2020, 
he tweeted out, I'm no Trump fan. I want him as far away from the White House as possible. But a fundamental part of his appeal has been that it's him against a corrupt government establishment. This raid strengthens that case for millions of Americans who will see this as unjust persecution. Now, everything he just said is totally right. But it's also worth noting that two weeks ago, Andrew Yang announced that he was joining with Christine Todd Whitman to start a third party called the Forward Party. So you can imagine that he will basically try to form some coalition with Democrats in the 2024 election to make sure Republican can't be elected. This is a trick to convince uh, normies who imagine that they're centrists, but are really just, uh, you know, communist enablers to think that they're being very smart and very responsible. They know that Joe Biden has done a terrible job, but no matter what, you can't reelect Donald Trump. He's so dangerous. He flushes national security documents down the toilet. That's about as much as these people are going to think about all this. And they will join Andrew Yang's third party and help to elect Democrats that they know do a terrible job. But anything is better than Trump and his supporters. So I don't take a hell of a lot from what Andrew Yang has to say about all this, although he was right. You can say something true and actually be deceptive in what you're saying because of why you're saying it. Andrew Yang didn't just red pill himself. He's not a very, very principled person. We already know that. He helped the illegitimate regime take power, and he has not doubted their legitimacy, at least publicly, to anyone throughout this entire time. He's not on the good team. Likewise, Commie Dan Crenshaw put out a statement that he thought this was wrong. Well, Dan Crenshaw's a rhino. He also lies about the 2020 election. But he brands himself as a man of principle. So it's time to bring out his principles right now. Don't worry, he'll put them right back in the cupboard when he's finished. This is one of those things that it's like really easy to get very principled points on. They can simply take both positions. They can say, well, this is very wrong, but who knows what they might have. If they have something, maybe it's not so wrong. So they get points for both. A way to get points for neither is by having actual principles and doing what Paul Sperry did. He tweeted last night, conflicted DOJ officials briefed on the Mar-a-Lago raid. Nicholas McQuaid worked with Hunter Biden's and Michael Sussman's criminal attorneys. Lisa Monaco, Obama aide implicated in Russiagate. Maggie Goodlander, wife of top Biden aide Jake Sullivan, implicated in Russiagate. He wrote that in the middle of the night last night. And here we are about 13 or 14 hours later, and his account has been suspended from Twitter. Do you think maybe he was directly over the target in calling out these DOJ officials? But don't worry, nothing corrupt is happening. Nothing bad is going on. And the administration, well, they were hands off. They don't know a thing. Remember how they keep telling us that they are totally separate from the Justice Department. They want an independent Justice Department so that the people can have trust in their Justice Department. But despite how easy it is to express something of a principled statement on this subject, 
a lot of people haven't done it, including a lot of pretty prominent Republicans. This is the sort of thing where every single Republican should be coming out and making a statement about what this is. Why wouldn't they do that? Well, one reason is that they probably agree with what happened. They're never Trumpers. They want Trump out forever. They want MAGA gone. They want things to go back to the way they were, where the Uniparty gets its way all the time. They put whoever they want in office and every single person they put in office is fully controllable. Why are those people fully controllable? Well, we've got the FBI to do the full background on all of them, dredge everything out that they could have ever done in their entire lives, compromise them completely. Or it's possible that they simply lack the courage and the principles to stand up for what those principles ostensibly are. But in either case, those people have no business holding public office and trying to at least pretend to represent the interests of the American people. If this can happen to Donald Trump, certainly it can happen to them and certainly it can happen to you. And of course, it has happened to people like them. It has happened to people like you. It's an easy thing to be principled about. But why aren't Republicans saying anything? And what should we make of that? This is a litmus test and not only for Republican officials and even, you know, Democrats. This is a litmus test for everybody. For almost two years, the litmus tests for me have been whether or not you speak out about all the lies surrounding covid and the vaccine, all of it, and whether or not you speak out about the 2020 election that was stolen. Okay. The only way to not understand that the 2020 election was stolen was to have never looked or to be so corrupt that you are in some way complicit. The evidence itself is overwhelming. The importance of the question should be prioritized above almost anything else. If elections in America don't count anymore, then we don't have a country. The people don't have a voice. They have no way of holding politicians accountable. And if you can't hold the politicians accountable, you certainly can't hold their secret police force accountable. You can't hold corrupt federal bureaucrats accountable or state or local for that matter. You can't hold corrupt judges accountable. You can't hold anyone accountable if the elections don't count. Elections are meant to be the backdrop against this exact sort of thing. And when the elections are stolen, all of that is gone. So those were my litmus tests and they have been the whole time and they still are. But this one is even simpler. If people can't stand up and say this was wrong, then they are complicit in what the other side is doing. There's just no other way to describe it at this point. If you have made it through these two years without speaking up, even to your friends and family, to your coworkers, to whoever, what is it you're waiting for? At what point do things get bad enough that you actually have to involve yourself because it begins to affect your life? If it hasn't affected your life this far, then congratulations, you are one of the most privileged people on earth. And hey, maybe that's not a bad thing. Maybe you earned it and you just don't want to take part anymore. Okay, I understand some people are apathetic. They would like to be on a permanent vacation, but that's not realistic. 
Your silence allows this sort of thing to happen and this sort of thing to continue. How long will you allow it to continue before standing up? You have to be honest with yourself, with the people around you. When you go out in public and you hear someone repeating the slogans, challenge them. Otherwise, everyone else you're with just assumes that everyone agrees that the slogan is correct. And then no one speaks up because they know what punishment comes. If you can't handle a little shaming, a little insult from the people around you, the people you work with, whoever, what are you doing? How are you going to move out of this situation when it finally does resolve itself? The only way these people ever win is if they're able to acquire enough power and then use that power to silence and stifle dissent. And that is the path they have been on for decades in this country. They thought they had it all wrapped up. They thought they had control of society because they had such great control over the narrative. They had the media companies. They had the social media. They had the universities. They have the political parties, the corporations. They have the banks, the judicial system, our medical system, all of it aligned against Donald Trump and against the populist movement that he leads. They are using that power to stifle dissent and they teach their followers how to do it. They give them new slogans about exactly how they're supposed to shame their fellow citizens into silence. It's up to each of us whether or not that works. We have to put an end to this because where ultimately do you see this going? If it continues down this path, what does it become? How long until the federal law enforcement system that is this corrupt comes looking for you? Do you want to meet one of the new 87,000 IRS agents? Maybe you haven't done anything wrong on your taxes, but you might have said a bunch of wrong things and they could probably make a mess of your life for a while while they find out for sure. The fact that you haven't broken the rules doesn't mean that you're safe from the enforcers once the enforcers stop caring about the rules, there's nearly a hundred percent chance that Donald Trump has done absolutely nothing wrong in his handling of these documents. Nonetheless, the FBI just raided his house yesterday and they did it specifically to make sure that he can't run for office again. And the communists are applauding this. This is exactly what they want. They don't care if it's justice or not. None of them can even describe what underlying crime might be here. Sure, they can repeat the slogans about 15 boxes and national archives and mishandled classified documents. They're just going to say those phrases over and over and over again, but they can't describe what's underneath them. They can't describe why their perception of what's happening might be wrong. They don't know any of it. They're just repeating the slogans. They are happy about this because they want to see Trump taken off the map. And then after that, they expect that all his supporters will go away. But even if they get Trump, which I don't think they will, they might indict him. They might arrest him. But there's nothing there. Even if they did that, the movement doesn't stop. There's not some way out of this that keeps you safe. The way to stop all this is to wake up, understand the gravity of the situation and speak up and speak out and stop allowing these people 
to shame you into silence. It's been far too long already. We have passed way too many lines in the sand at this point. There have been far too many points at which people should have been affected by all of this and should have woken up, should have understood what was happening. This regime is illegitimate. Everything they do is to enforce the idea of their legitimacy and the hold on their power. They are showing everyone really clearly that there is nothing they won't do to that end because the alternative for them is existential. Not only do their political careers end, many of them would spend the rest of their lives in prison and many of them could potentially find themselves facing public execution for grave crimes against America, crimes against humanity, treason. That's where we are right now. And that's where we've been for this entire time. This isn't the time to be silent. These communists are bragging because they want to shame you into silence. And you know this, if you are still friends with these sorts of people, or if you have these sorts of people in your family. How many times have they thought they finally got you? This time, this person's finally going to let all this crazy Trump stuff go. And they continue using worse and worse examples. They are now applauding the abuse of the justice system in targeting political opponents. There is nothing at this point that they will not support. They supported COVID hysteria. They supported lockdowns, no matter how long those lockdowns work. Two weeks to slow the spread turns into four. It turns into six. It turns into eight. It turns into forever, and they don't care. They don't feel lied to at all. They feel self-righteous and justified. If only all of you had done the right thing, well, then COVID would have gone away. You see, the real problem is you. It's not the lockdowns. It's not the medical community lying about everything. It's not the politicians. It's you. They believe masks work. And they tried to force them on every other person. They went out and shamed you in public so that you would put a mask on. They believe vaccines worked. The vaccines are very safe and effective. They don't prevent transmission, infection, serious disease, or death. But you have to get them anyway. Otherwise, you don't care about anyone and you're killing grandma. They believe that the election was legitimate. No proof whatsoever. They talk about court cases. They talk about how CISA said safest and most secure election of all time. They don't know that. Sissa just released a report a month or two ago, completely wiping out that narrative. They think that Bill Barr was right when he said he hasn't seen proof of election fraud. And they know what the television tells them. They know what they see on the television. They believe it's just like what they see in real life. It's all true no matter what. In fact, it's especially true because the television is an authoritative source. They believe the full story about January 6th. They believe that was a very violent insurrection. They don't believe that any FBI agents or any Antifa members were there. It was all Trump supporters trying to stage an insurrection and they were all armed. They don't understand that no guns were recovered, but they're all armed. They were trying to overturn the election and they killed all those police officers, except they didn't kill any police officers. Police officers did kill Trump supporters, but none of them know it. And you can't FOIA the Capitol Hill police. They defended the Afghanistan withdrawal. It was just good that he got them out of there. It was a fantastic logistical triumph that they got all of those people out there and immigrated them to other countries, no matter who they were, because we didn't bother checking. 
They promoted mask mandates on children, knowing that the masks were bad for children, not only physically, but in their social and emotional development. And they went right along with it. And a lot of people didn't speak up and speak out against it. They were like, oh, you know, well, I'm not going to let my kid do it. But it's okay if you force those poor kids who don't really have a choice. They support hundreds of thousands of unknown illegal immigrants from all over the world invading our country through the southern border every month. They think it's a good thing. They don't care that anywhere between 40 and 70 percent of women, depending on different estimates, are raped on the journey. Children are raped on the journey. Drug trafficking, human trafficking, sex trafficking, child sex trafficking, all of that flowing through the border, all of that provably flowing through the border, and they don't care. They deny that it's happening. They call you a racist. A hundred thousand people a year can die of fentanyl. Well, that's no big deal. That's not happening. We need the immigration. They exploit the political power and the labor of all of those immigrants. They're brought across the border in an organized and well-funded effort by the Mexican cartels in unison with global governing bodies like UN related organizations. All the NGOs handle that stuff with the cartels and Joe Biden's illegitimate administration is all for it. They think vaccine passports and tracking are a good idea. They want to teach children about, let's say, divergent sexual practices when they're in elementary school. They are all for teachers being able to convince your child that your child's a different gender and then supply them with hormones and puberty blockers without parental consent. These people are still defending this stuff. They defended Kataji Brown Jackson and her record, despite all her lenience on pedophiles. They wanted vaccine segregation. They are for medical experimentation. They have a transhuman agenda. They believe that they are going to combine with the machine to form some higher version of humanity. They want to live forever. They want to upload their brain, their consciousness to the cloud so they can simply replace their body for as long as they want to keep going. They go after your freedom of speech. They go after the Second Amendment. They go after your rights to privacy. They want to federalize everything in violation of the Constitution. They want unaccountable bureaucrats to be able to implement the agenda they can't implement through legislation. And they're sending billions and billions of dollars to one of the most corrupt countries in the entire world in Ukraine. The money and the arms get diverted to other places. They never reach their destination. And if they had reached their destination, they would be in the hands of a military who has full on neo-Nazi battalions and is protecting biolabs in Ukraine where they create dangerous pathogens that can target specific genetic groups. When are people going to wake up and speak up, stand up against this? When everybody does that, the thing ends. You cannot wait for someone to save you. If you're scared of being shamed by your friends and family, I would say you've really got some messed up priorities. What are you holding on to if the country is gone? All of those things that have kept you scared, you're too scared of losing these things, 
They're going to be taken from you anyway if we allow this to continue. We cannot allow it to continue. It is long past the time to speak up, but if you have not done it yet, the time is now. If these people express some hatred, if they shame you, if they bully you, whatever it is, maybe it's time to ask yourself what it is you're holding on to with these people. They would absolutely turn you into the Gestapo when the moment arrives. I realized that two years ago when I was banned off social media and not one of my famous friends, not anyone with millions and millions of followers actually stepped up and said, hey, I don't agree with my friend, but he shouldn't be censored. Not one. That's a pretty easy way to be principled, isn't it? But no one did it because they were afraid of being shamed and bullied. They were afraid of being exiled from the party of false decorum. Enough is enough. People need to understand that their actions now, the stand they take, the position they take right now is going to influence how they see themselves for the rest of their lives. Do you want to be a good German? That is the question. Everybody else already remembers where they stand. There's only one way out of that, and it's time to take it. I'll be back tomorrow at the same reasonable time on the same reasonable podcast network. I don't have a network. Masks and lockdowns don't work. They lied to you about a pandemic. And Joe Biden will never be president. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. In my mind, that's the end game. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to follow what I'm reading and thinking throughout the day, you can do that by downloading the Telegram Messenger app and going to t.me slash I'm your moderator. On social media, you can follow me on Truth Social, Getter, and Gab at I'm your moderator. I also have channels on Rumble and BitChute. If you'd like to follow the writing, you can find me at I'm your moderator.substack.com. The merch site is cancelcouture.com or go direct shop.spreadshirt.com slash cancel dash couture. If you'd like to support the podcast financially, the best place to do that is Kofa. Go to ko-fi.com slash 
I'm your moderator. And all of these details will appear in the show notes with each episode. I'll see you soon down on the range. It's hell!